Welcome to this special edition of the Progress with Unity podcast and we're delighted to grab on the coattails of Wigan Athletic by announcing Cole Ture as our new boss. Cole, 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 The king is dead, long live the king. Very sad to see Liam go. Uh, I think we've been over that time and time again, so it's time to get behind the new man. Cole Ture, born on the 19th of March 1981, 41 years of age. From the Ivory Coast, he's been signed on a three and a half year contract. Bags and bags of experience of playing football, all in the top flight. He's over 120 caps for the Ivory Coast. His coaching credentials. I think Charlie might know a little bit more about this than than uh, than what I do. Can you enlighten us a little bit, Charlie? Yeah, well, once he finished his playing career at Celtic, obviously we all know about Arsenal, uh, Manchester City, and then Liverpool. And then he went to Celtic. And after he finished there, he joined them as a technical assistant or a technical coach was the was the word in the put. But he also joined the Ivory Coast and was working on their national side. After he finished at Celtic, he went to Leicester when Rogers moved mid-season. Um, but he's he's won the Premiership, he's won the the League Cup, the Scottish Cup twice, I think it is, and then he's won the FA Cup with Leicester. So he's got quite a few different accreditations to his name now. He's also got uh, a massive reputation back in Africa because looking on Twitter, there's so many confederations from, from Africa treating congratulations to him. So it, it seems like it's a massive thing for, for the continent to have one of their own. Am I right in saying he's the first ever African to manage a, a club at senior level? It seems so, yeah. I don't think that should be, aside from you know what happens on the pitch and so on, I think it's um, been a long time coming that not only we've got, got one more black manager in, in the Football League, which is a big thing as well, but considering the number of African footballers that we have had in this country, it's it's, uh, it's about it's a long it's been a long time coming that uh, somebody from Africa has then become a manager, uh, and I think I think Latic should take some credit for that. You know, I think it's a big I think it's a big step forward, and it's another reason why you know I really hope that it works out. It was interesting to uh, read a couple of things over the weekend as well. I think this is possibly the the worst kept secret in football over the last ten years, isn't it? You know. It's been obvious he's been coming, but the fact that Wilder was was turned down in effect, I mean, that was a lot of people got hot under the collar about that. But all I said to them is listen to the stories coming out of Middlesbrough, and uh, maybe we've we've skipped one there because I don't think he he, he was treating that club with any respect uh, when you listen to what the supporters say. Everybody's going to have the from a list, if, you know, even if we knew all the names that had been. Uh, interviewed, there are always going to be people who'd have their favourites in that list, and and everybody else would be rubbish, wouldn't they? You know, I mean, Mick McCarthy, it, it was was um, he he wanted the job, whether he was interviewed or not, I don't know. And if there are some clubs, I think in in uh, who were struggling down at the bottom, they would have turned to somebody like him. And I think that's perhaps again to Latte's credit that um, we've looked away from the. Uh, the tried and tested, like the, the the Warnocks and the McCarthys and so on, and we've gone for somebody different. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think when Liam got sacked, you could have asked me to name 100 managers who I thought I would want to take over. I would never have said Colo Torre, but that's not mm. because I don't think he's a good fit. I just didn't know anything about him. I didn't look yeah, into his yeah. managerial expertise. I didn't look. But having done a bit of a dive into it this week and seen his playing career, his coaching career, I, I don't see why we shouldn't take a shot on him because he's got a lot of experience and he's worked under Arsene Wenger and everybody. He's the only manager we've had. Uh, he's been involved in an invincible 
Premier League season. I don't think we had anyone from the 1888 uh, Preston North End team managing us, did we? So uh, I think I think that's another thing. Yeah, Paul's Paul's bursting a blood vessel here to try and oh, get something to I'm, say. You're all being dead excited. He's never managed a single game. If you'd have said to me beforehand, would you have got rid of Liam Richardson for anybody? Wilder might have been the one because of what he did at Sheffield United. Forget your middles, bro. At that point, he's got a. <laughs> Absolutely rock solid CV. Let's not beat around the bush. He has got a good, a great playing career, and you know, five years of coaching experience. But he's not managed a game, and it's a hell of a gamble. I agree. It is. But, but I, I, I'd counter that a little bit by saying that I don't think it's excitement that we're showing here. I think we're trying to get behind the manager, which is something as a united front. You know, the guys in charge now. Let's give him our backing. We could yeah. have had Wilder. We could have had McCarthy. We could have had Malky Mackay. We could have had Warren Joyce. You know what I'm saying? You just don't know what you're going to get. Let me just say this. I mean, there's been a lot of things, about, and you said it there, Paul, about no experience. Managers at the last six without experience, I'll work backwards because I don't want to finish on Warren Joyce. <laughs> but Warren Joyce, <laughs> absolute nightmare. Gary Caldwell, I thought yeah. Caldwell did really well for us in his first season. Kenny Swain, nightmare. Dave Philpotts, it was tough for him at the, when he got the job. But I think one pl- one person that we'd all agree who, who took the job straight straight from being a coach and did a fantastic job with the Latics is Ray Mathias. And, and he was very good. Also, Larry Lloyd, big mm-hmm. centre-half, international, just like Paul Toure. Played under some good managers, played under Shankly, played under Brian Clough. You know, he came with that sort of experience. You've yeah. missed somebody out of that list, Barry. Something very, very important. Well, obviously going a lot further back, uh, but somebody much more recent. Liam Richardson. Liam Richardson was had been an assistant all the way along until he, he was appointed at Wigan Athletic. Well, as, as, no, that's incorrect. He, he, managed, he managed, he was appointed full-time at Atkinson. All right. Yeah, he got six months and then got uh, he left. I think you're also wrong with Warren Joyce as well because I think he managed a few games at Hull City. I made the mistake of putting that to uh, Liam Richardson on stage in the supporters club when he corrected me. The Matthias one, Barry, just to ch- was Matthias the assistant manager at the time um, at Wigan? Or did he, he, had he just come out? He came as a coach. He came over as a coach when Brian Hamilton, he was at Tramia. Yeah. Uh, Brian Hamilton had been sacked. And then he he got the Hamilton got the job, and then he came over as a coach because obviously he knew he knew Hamilton. I think he yeah. did become his assistant, but it was a little bit different in them days, wasn't it? Managers and assistant managers, mm-hmm. they, they were more first team coach. Yeah, physios were trainers. Not a, bad, not a bad one when you link it to Richardson coming in as you know Paul Cook's assistant, and you know you know he did a great he did a great job, didn't he? So I don't think necessarily. It's a tough one because for everyone you could say didn't have experience, you will find a number of managers who had experience and haven't done the job, you know, for us as well. I mean, look, at it's very, very early stage, but look at Michael Carrick. You know, Michael Carrick has made a fantastic start, you know, and he's had a great playing career, gone in at Middlesbrough and made a really good start. So I just, I just think that it's about supporting him and seeing the reasons why he's been appointed. I think we can see the reasons why he's been appointed. Whether you agree with them or not is another matter, but it, it's not as out of left field as it seemed when I first heard that name because he was quite late, wasn't he, into the bookies market. He wasn't really there right at the beginning, like your Critchleys and uh, your, your, your Sean Maloney's. He, he kind of came in quite late in the day. So it, it was mm-hmm. an initial shock and then you then start to think about what the positives could be of that. And and that's what my mindset is now. I'm quite a positive mm. person. 
So I think we're going to go on and win the league. Yeah. <laughs> I, I understand just... Paul's concerns. You know, I mean, what I'm saying about lack of experience. I mean, you know, it, it, it's quite clear that uh, in an ideal world, you would be appointing somebody who's, um, you know, who'd, who'd won the championship last year or something like that. However, I, I'm sorry, and added to that is, that, is the fact that um, Carlo hasn't even been an assistant manager. He's only been a first team coach so far. So you do wonder there again, whether he's missed out on a certain level of experience. But taking Adam's point there about getting behind the reasons why he's been appointed, of course, we don't know the exact reasons. But what you, we do have to say is that the club are making a heck of a commitment to him three and a half year contract the time that it's taken shows the probably the level of compensation etc etc that um is due to uh, leicester city um this isn't an the easy appointment at all there are plenty of managers out there who would have come without needing to pay the compensation i think when we appointed people like malky Mackay, owen coyle warren joyce they were all managers who were who were out of work at the time. We'd, we'd come down from the Premier League, and uh, Dave Whelan was looking to save a bit of cash. Um, that's clearly not happening in this case. The board are making a big investment in Colo Toure, and they must have, had, have got very good reasons for doing so. One positive for me is the fact that his brother's Yaya Toure, who's the manager of Spurs under-23s, and I was reading about four or five weeks ago that they were looking to the Championship to send out Alfie Devine on loan for the rest of the season. And we're going to see Devine return in the new year. I mean, I I, I think we've great chance of that happening. Divine intervention mm-hmm. keeps us up. Is that what you're suggesting? Well, yeah, there's a few headlines in there, isn't there? There is. Yeah. I I think also looking at his playing record and, again, going, going back to what Pete's just said, I wouldn't necessarily want somebody who's just won the championship. But for me, playing is one thing. Managing is some of its tactics, but a lot of it is man management. Picking them up when they feel down, understanding how they feel working with them on a on a personal level. Greatest one of the lot, Sir Alex Ferguson. I think if you look at Colo's playing career, he's done a lot of captaincy. Not necessarily being the captain, but a lot of the guy who steps up when the figurehead go, you know, is not there. If you if you look at Gary Caldwell, named captain, Boise stepped up, just did step up and does the job. Liam Richardson stepped up, did the job. And sometimes I think they're they're the better ones because they have a bit of self-doubt and that drives them on to improve themselves and be better. So in that respect, you know, he has got some qualifications. Get behind him. He's brought in a team as well, honestly. He's brought in Kevin Betze, who uh, was Crawley manager for a while, but he's he's got a vast coaching CV. And uh, Ash Johal, I I hope I've pronounced his name right, uh, he's coming in as well. He's just worked at Leicester City. Charlie, you know a little bit about Betsy, don't you? You know a little bit of information of where he's been. Yeah, I was looking into, because I'd I'd never really heard much of either of the two coaches that you've named. So I looked into Kevin Betsy. So he's played 18 years as a professional. And I think he was more like an attacking left mid, left winger. And he's been through like League One, the National League, um, the old second division. He's done all that. And when he finished his career, he picked up a job at Fulham as a youth team manager. I think he was there for two seasons, I think. And then England came knocking. So he worked with the England under 15, under 16, under 17, and then under 18. Apparently he's worked with a lot of big names, such as Jude Bellingham, Jamal Mas- uh, Musiala, 
he's obviously going to been around a lot of the newer England generation now who would have worked with him as kids. And then he moved over to mm-hmm. Arsenal to do the under-23s job. He took them from 10th up to 3rd in the Premier League 2, which is like the other competition that goes on. Then he got the job at Crawley Town, and obviously that didn't go very well. But he did take, I can't remember if it was one or two players, over to Crawley Town from the Arsenal Youth Academy. Having a look at it, if he's taken Arsenal Academy players over to Crawley, surely between him and Torre and then Jahal at Leicester, we can start attracting these Premier League Academy loan players. Like you just mentioned, Alfie Devine coming across. It's going to open now a lot of doors into a load more of the loan academies maybe sending out to us. I think it's good that we've still got the academy in place as it was because it keeps producing year after year some quality players. Um, And this might provide that little bit of a link maybe to provide more chances for some of our younger players we all love it when a younger player comes through the ranks and gets in into the team. The other the other point there about Betsy, which I think is interesting, is the 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 links to the England ranks as well. That reminds you a little bit of a uh, Steve Cooper, uh, although he's not the main man in the job. You know, he's he, he's a coach who clearly understands uh, what you need to develop youth players when they get to kind of that first team level. And I think moving forward, given the fact that we're not going to have a massive budget, I think it's just getting those youth players up to that next level on a consistent basis with a figurehead who is very, very well known in the game. So... I, I think that's certainly a, a, a pertinent point there. And uh, although Betsy sounds something like a, you'd call your dog, it sounds like uh, it's a, an, an excellent appointment there as a coach. Fred Dibner's steam engine at one point, wasn't it? Were we not saying similar things about Warren Joyce and his connections? No. We were. Uh, provocative, I provo- provocative question. You, 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 you're, asking, you're asking for a Zoom fight here, Paul, now, aren't you? <laughs> I never... Never for one second did I say anything positive about that clone. I wasn't on no, the I podcast. Mean, the, the, I think the point, the point is behind what Paul's saying is that Warren Joyce did did come with a with a more than reasonable CV and a very strong recommendation from from Alex Ferguson, um, and it, and of course it didn't work out. There, I think there are a lot of differences here, aren't there? Um, and I, th- I don't think we should underestimate the fact that when we're going for you know diversity of, of, of uh, culture and uh, heritage and so on with with a, um, a player who's grown up in Africa with diversity of, of culture comes diversity of thought as well and and I think that's where we'll be seeing some differences I think there will be a different way of doing things um maybe we won't see see all of those things maybe they'll be going on behind the scenes but Warren Joyce you know blesses cotton eye patch he he just you know, he, he he came from a very he came from a very sort of solid certain background and so on, and that's definitely not what we're we're going to get with Colatore. I, I I don't see the comparisons with Warren Joyce over and above the fact that he was um, an assistant manager and a youth team manager at Manchester United. I'll tell you what though, Pete, if Colatore comes out with shorts on and starts putting cones down before the game kicks off, there's go- I'm going to start getting really really worried. Sorry, Barry. What about if he comes with a table tennis table? That, well, it's it's yeah. bad, that's bad enough, but it's, it's still not. Uh, it's just one level below <laughs> Joyce. One thing that's been a big talking point before when Liam Richardson was here, and then when he went, and then about the new recruits, and obviously it was part of the criteria when they were doing the interviews from the board was playing style. A lot's been said mm-hmm. in in Mal. If you read yeah. Mal Brannigan's 
statement about appointing Toure. He talks about how he's got the club, he gets the time, but he also talks about his positive playing style. So I just wondered, have we got the players to, t- to turn the system round, is number one, and is it going to be something that's going to happen at Millwall away? What do you think? Mm, I, no, <laughs> no, I don't. I, I don't I, think. I, I don't think. No, I was just going to say, you know, I've been thinking about this about what what we're going to see and and so on, and that's always the question about whether you've got the players to do it or not. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, we have to bear in mind, you know, I'm, I'm just pick, just just playing, picking up, you know, off the top of my head, Mac Power, okay. He's because he, he he certainly plays in a key midfield role. If we're going to be in a positive brand of football, the football will be going through the midfield. Is Max Power going to be able to um, pass, receive, move, and so on in the way that Colatour is likely to want? I think we we will see a, probably a different Max Power if if he's if he's going to be a player that Toure thinks, yeah, he's part of it. Um, then we will see a different Max Power. He'll be doing different things. I think he's been in the team a lot up to now under Liam Richardson because of his uh, set pieces and his crosses from the right. But I think it, it, I think we'll, it, he, just like under Gary Corbell, Gary Corbell was playing a, a passive round of football with Max Power in the middle. And I don't see why he can't adapt his game just as most of the others can't. Having said that, I think one of the, you know, we're not far away from the January transfer window, and I'm sure straight away when he's gone on that training pitch, he's going to be saying he's going to fit in and he's not, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If he's got a three and a half year contract, he's got to be thinking ahead as well, hasn't he? About you know how many transfer windows have I got to get the team that I need? And I'm sure some of those thoughts have, have, have already become apparent. But whether it's going to change in time for the Millwall game or not, completely different matter. One word. Giniesta. As a brand new manager, you've got license, uh, and and obviously the discussion about attacking, you've got license to let players take a bit of a gamble here and there and go forward. I think once you give the players that that license, you'll see different players in you know, like you say, you'll see you see a different Max Power trying to charge forward than what you do when telling James McLean. As we've had numerous discussions, play him up top, give him license to run. My view would be. Uh, well, the first thing is, if you want to play a nice brand of football, it's got to be incremental because you can't go straight in there and, and and play a completely new brand of football. I think you've got to be pragmatic with the players that you've got. We remember uh, our dear Roberto Martinez, you know, when, when he tried to turn Titus Bramble into, uh, you know, a, a, a centre-half who could play it out. But that said, I do think we already have some good technical footballers. And, you know, if you look, um, you know, you, you look across, you look at a Charlie White, for example, I think he's technically very good. I think that Shinny, Naylor, I think Power in a different role, technically good. I think maybe if we want to play it out for the back, the only one who stands out at the moment for me there would be Watmore. That might be an area. It might be a place where could we get, could we get a Hughes in? Possibly, you know. I know, I know he's a young player, but is it worth giving him a chance? Because to me, he looks like a ball playing centre half. Uh, and the new guy who came in isn't doesn't look bad on the ball as well. Ed, Edmund Green. So, I think I think if we want to play it out from the back, I think we need a different style. And we certainly, unfortunately, Jamie Jones in goal is not going to achieve that because I think that's probably the weakest part of his game is his kicking. <laughs> But, you know, it's something we've got to build on it. We can't do it straight away. I think we'll be very pragmatic at Millwall. I don't think there'll be that many changes. Sometimes you will get that motivational buzz, don't we, from a new manager that will be enough to take us through the game, whatever style we'd like. Yeah, and looking into December as well, I think 
Amos is coming back from his rib injury. Niambe is coming back from, I think he had a knee injury. And then Tom Pierce has been out in Turkey with the, the squad at the moment doing the training. So we're going to start getting these players coming in as well. And we still don't know what Tom Pierce can do because he's played one minute of football all season. When Niambe's played, he's looked brilliant. And I do think that between Torre having his defensive experience, we should start to see a lot better of a defensive line. And like you say, if Max Power can step up and play a bit of a, a different, more direct style of play that we haven't really seen so far this season outside of his set pieces, he can push on. We've got Jahal, who's worked, Jahal and Betsy have worked with youth quite a lot. So Nathan Broadhead is still quite young. Callum Lang, Tello Asgard. So we could start seeing them starting to, to play. And you don't just get the Arsenal under-23 job and you don't just get the England youth set-up job on a whim. Like you, You've got to bring something. And he kept them jobs for quite a while. So I think we're going to start seeing between Jahal, Betsy, Torre, Rob Kelly obviously knows the squad inside out. I think we're going to see a totally different Wigan once we come back. And I think on a general point, we, I think we probably might see a bit of a difference you know, the first match and so on. But I think, generally speaking, as much as, you know, I'm I'm absolutely gutted still about Liam leaving, I think, generally speaking, it's going to be welcomed that if if we start playing a more appealing brand of football, something easier on the eye, etc. Because we have done an awful lot of trying to stretch the opposition defence, running into channels at times, an awful lot of banging it up to the centre-forward to nod down and trying to win the second ball and so on. I think Liam Richardson thought he was limited with the players that he had um, because I think there have been times where he's tried to play a better brand of football and it hasn't worked. But we'll see if someone like Colo Turi can use these players to produce um, something more attractive. Uh, and if, if that's what we get, I think I think most of us would welcome that. Yeah, and I think we've, we have also spoken before about Richardson having his hands tied with injuries and congestion and other things like that. I don't know. I think Tori's got a different set of cards now. Just had a very quick question for the panel. Uh, does it concern you that he's also the assistant manager of the Ivory Coast and we, we do have the African Cup of Nations coming up in 2024 with presumably a number of warm-up games as well? I think there'll be a condition to him coming that he'll have to relinquish that role. So I, I don't think there'll be an issue at all. I messaged Paul Kendrick about that and he said that he doesn't think there's any way it's going to happen, but he said he will check when he speaks to him. You know, you, you, you can't appoint somebody on a part-time basis, can you, as a, as a full-time manager? I Like you said, Barry, I don't think he'll end up going. I think that that role will quietly disappear somewhere. No, getting up to the FA Cup at Luton and he gets a free weekend in February, he might nip over for... Uh, unless it's finished by then, I don't know when, it, when it's played anyway. We're only just over 10 days away from... Well, we are 10 days away from the opening game against Millwall. So, well, that's come round quickly, hasn't it? So, a week of Saturday, we're, we're doing at the Den, and we'll, all our questions will be answered, or will they? <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> well, definitely not. Definitely won't be answered then. But... Uh, I know what you're saying, Paul, about about uh, why we're excited. But I think it's. I know I said I wasn't excited. I was going to be it, but I think I am a little bit excited as well. I am a little bit excited for for a number of different reasons. But I'm I'm still sad that we've lost Liam Richardson, and I feel a little yeah. bit a little bit guilty being excited about what's coming. But I, th- yeah. I think just obviously I've expressed some reservations. I've not been part of the interviews, and obviously those reservations will have also have been in the minds of the interviewers, and obviously Colo satisfied them. And, you know, there was a physio that stepped up, wasn't there, to become the manager with no managerial experience at Liverpool called Bob Paisley, and he didn't do too bad. 
Just before we finish, the last manager interview who blew everybody away was Owen Coyle. And we'll leave that there. <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll see you with, uh, unless something absolutely dramatic happens, we'll see you with a, a preview of the Millwall game a week tonight. So until then, goodbye from me. Up the call, Ortex. Up the call, Ortex. Up the call, Ortex.